This is Pod Populi, podcast for the people. Hi, my name is Dr. Sarah Adams. I am a board-certified pediatrician, but I'm not your pediatrician. Feel free to use my podcast as helpful information, but in no way do I intend my podcast to replace the advice of your physician. Your physician knows you and is in the best position to provide medical advice. Hello and welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. Last week's episode was about sports specialization. And one of the recommendations that my son Ben, as an athletic trainer, had was that kids should really try different types of sports and different activities. And so I wanted to invite this week a very special guest. His name is Christian Perello. Did I say that right? Yeah, you said that right. Okay, good. How's it going? <laughs> Thanks, Christian, for being here. Christian is um, my editor here at Pod Populi, and we've gotten to know each other, and we spend a lot of time actually off the mic just talking about kids and, and things that they go through. And so first I just want you to let the audience know a little bit about yourself and then we can get into what it's like working with kids and what you what experience you've had so far with them. Um, yeah, so I started, I grew up in uh, Russell, Ohio, so suburb of Cleveland and um, pretty much right out of school started personal training, teaching boxing at a gym and um, started teaching adults, didn't like teaching kids at first, really didn't like the kids, they really annoyed me. And then the more I got into it, the more I enjoyed um, teaching kids more than I did adults. And now I don't really work with kids anymore. I'm the editor for Pod Populi, but um, it was just something we were talking about um, before. So, so tell me, what was it that switched that you all of a sudden just decided? Yeah, I actually like working with kids better. Um, I mean, I don't have kids, so I wasn't comfortable with kids. I don't have any like nephew, nieces or nephews. Um, I'm not bad with kids, but I just don't have any other real experience with them. But once you get comfortable around them um, and you get used to seeing them and are confident teaching them and being able to like discipline them in, you know, in this, in that setting, um, they become really rewarding to work with. They're still annoying to work with because they're kids. <laughs> I'm sure you can, yeah, you can attest to that, but um I don't know, something about it. I'm a people person, so I don't know. Kids just give you a different perspective on things sometimes. For sure. And when they're interested in it, they, they're they really, in many ways, more motivated than adults are. But on the other hand, they also offer a little comedy you know, to your day. They mm -hmm. say the funniest things. They do. And I think that's like a lot of people ask me all the time how, you know, how hard is it to work with kids? It must be sad and all that stuff. But I would say 95% of my job is more fun than it is the bad news. And they're so resilient. And that's what I love about it. And they're also so like their health problems are most likely due to something that they have made a choice to do. Like smoking, you know, and, and things like that. Not that I don't get into that a little bit with teenagers. I'm just saying like they live their life 
And if they do have complications or chronic problems, it's it's unfortunately many times a mystery to myself, like why that even happens. But it's not because of something that they did or didn't right. do in regards to their health. So anyway, um, it is funny, though, because in med school, people either loved working with kids or they hated it, quite honestly. Right, right. So I guess I must love working with kids because I've done it for a long time. So tell me about what you actually do when you do work with kids. So, you know, teaching them at the gym, um, teaching them boxing, you're just going over basic, basic boxing fundamentals. Some are really wanted to learn, you know, they ask their parents to come there and then, you know, you can always tell the ones that their parents are forcing them to be there and they don't want to be there and they're going to pout. So you kind of have to get on their level and get down and get, find a way to get through to them a little bit more than the other kids. So Pretty much just teaching basic boxing, but I mean, some of the more experienced kids started to spar each other, you know, very light, um, and getting into more advanced competitions and things like that. So it just depends on how old the kid is or how more, more how mature the the child is. Cause I mean, from, I don't know, like four to, I don't know what an age would be nine. Some, you know, some five-year-olds are more mature than eight-year-olds or, oh, yeah. or pick things up or can focus more. So I'm sure you see a lot of that, but, um, you know, it's just crazy to you how a five-year-old can basically focus and, and listen better than a nine or 10-year-old. So it's, it's interesting. And I think there's so much to learn from being in an activity like that and, or any type of physical activity. And again, this is why I wanted Christian to talk about it because, you know, we always think about, okay, let's get our kids into soccer or baseball or, you know, something like that. And um, this is a unique sport that I think people should consider because there's so much to learn, not just physically, but there's a lot to learn emotionally or mentally as well. And so it goes a long way, especially, you know, you have to follow directions, you need to listen and be attentive. And there's, there's a lot to, to learn during that. But so what are, what is the age group that you do typically work with? Like what's the youngest you've taught and up to the oldest? I mean, I was teaching a four-year-old that would pick things up, you know, like that. Very, very easily. Um, or I think he was four and then turned five while I was working with him. And he was very focused. I mean, you know, towards the later part of the half hour, he would get less focused. But I mean, anywhere from five to 15 to 14, 15, 16. So it's just a very, very wide range. So you kind of have to employ different strategies or deploy or whatever the word would be, different strategies to work with each individual child, just like I'm sure you do. Yeah, I mean, and like you mentioned, each four-year-old is going to be different. So it's not even that every four-year-old that walks in is the same or even every 14-year-old. I really love that you said I got to get down on their level. And I try to tell parents that all the time. And whatever you're doing, whether you're dealing with an emotional child or whether you're just out having fun, doing something fun as a family, it is important sometimes to get down to their level and really empathize about what they like or don't like about any activity or or mobility because, you know, motion. Because what happens is if they associate anything negative – 
to an activity, they're likely not to go back. And there could be multiple reasons why. Even you mentioned that you felt a little uncomfortable working with kids. Can you imagine kids coming in and, you know, being like, what am I doing here? Right, right. And it's not because I didn't like them. It's just because they don't listen, you know, (laughs) even close to as well as adults do. So it can be um, maybe a little embarrassing if you're in front of all the parents and the kids aren't respecting you or listening to you. So you have to find a way to get through to them either by being hard with them or really trying to understand. And sometimes you have to do both or one, one works and one doesn't. And sometimes you have to yell and um, it just depends on the circumstances. Maybe that's not, you know, a politically correct thing to say or whatever, but I mean, that's something that would work. Sometimes you have to make them respect you, you know? Well, I think I appreciate you just being real about it. Mm-hmm. And um, so do you work with kids one-on-one? Do you teach classes? What are the different scenarios? Um, a little bit of both, mostly large classes. So lots of kids, you know, that's another reason why it was annoying to work with them it, it, in the beginning, because, you know, you're teaching 15 kids of all different age ranges and it's very hard to keep them all focused at once. Now, if you're working with one, one-on-one, that can also be annoying, especially if their parents are standing right there, they don't want to do it, you know, but it just depends on the circumstances, but most of the time, larger groups and, um, Yeah. What would you say is the benefits of boxing? Like if somebody is trying to figure out, you know, there's something I'd love to get my child into. He doesn't really want to do um, competitive sports per se. Traditional or, sports. Yeah, yeah, activities. But you know that they, you know, could um, really benefit from what What do you tell parents about the benefits of boxing? Um, a lot of it's mental you know, physical too. Um, a lot of these kids are inner city kids, so they, they've they dealt with a lot of bullying or even depending on the situations, you know, vi- violence, stuff like that. I mean, we had one uh, kid, I think he was 15 or 16, that got shot in the foot, oh, shot no. in the foot, shot in the leg. Oh, my. Um, so he was in there, and it keeps a lot of these kids out of trouble too. Um, but, yeah, what we tell the parents, I mean, it's just it's a mental thing making them stronger mentally, making them more confident and a physical thing, you know, defending yourself. You might have to actually defend yourself in boxing. A lot of the time, what we're teaching these kids, I mean, if can be dangerous. I mean, we try to be responsible with how we teach them, but some of these kids could really, really hurt another kid. So we, we, we try to ingrain in them. That's a, that's a last resort only if you're being pushed to that. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredible to see them grow. I almost wonder, too, because I I actually talk a lot to communities and have done some outreach about bullying and anti-bullying. But I I talk about, especially when I teach other pediatricians or other healthcare providers, I talk about the bully because we need to help them, too. And I think that that's really important. And giving them maybe an opportunity to get physical, to get, you know, use their body, but in a way that is constructive and learning and, you know, mentally appropriate versus, you know, just telling them, you know, hey, you need to defend yourself or so and so. So there's a lot, sounds like to me, there's a lot to learn from it. What, um, any stories to share about any 
interesting kids. I mean, don't obviously don't mention any names, right. but I'd be curious if you have any funny stories or maybe even a good story, like somebody who you didn't think was going to do okay with this and then just kind of turned around. Um, there's definitely been plenty. I'm kind of blanking on a specific story. Um, I can't put you on the spot. Yeah, no, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of a specific time. I mean, there's just been kids that come in that you can tell have no confidence and won't even look, look you in the eye. You know, that reminds me of myself when I was a kid too. Um, won't even look you in the eye. And then over the, over a few weeks, you can see them really come into their own and, and be more confident. And maybe they're like that at home, but I mean, in a group setting and maybe even in school, they're not. So I think I hope that transfers over to school. Um, you know, we've had plenty, plenty of kids that just you can tell have zero confidence and just picked it up real quick after boxing for a little bit. So and we've had other kids there that that have been the bully, you know, and they have to be broken down by the instructors and and, uh, you know, I guess shown what what bullying can do and stuff like that, depending on their age. I mean, some of them have been a little older bullying younger kids. We did summer camps. So you got to see some of the bullying firsthand and be able to step in and stop it. But I mean, it's, it was hectic, you know, we'd have Nerf gun battles and stuff like that and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, I mean, specific stories, I can't necessarily think of one, but there's, there's just been so many, uh, cool transformations of kids, uh, becoming more confident. You know, when you talk about bullying, it is something that, oh my gosh, I mean, it's, it's been going on for years. It's going to continue going on for years. And you're inspiring me to definitely do a future podcast just specifically on bullying, because it is something that I'm very passionate about. Because we're not just talking about people, you know, we always think, oh, the bully must have been bullied himself. But a lot of times, the definition of bullying is basically when there's one person who feels that they've got power over another. So to be able to take kids who are not as assertive, who don't have the confidence, like I try to teach kids, like there was this girl on the bus and she kept getting bullied on the bus. And I could just see by her body language in my office, you know, head down, shoulders down, And I said to her, I go, I want you to practice just this one thing. And that is just roll your shoulders back and hold your head up as hard as it would be on the bus. I want you to look, even if you don't feel strong and confident, Mm -hmm. I want you to Mm -hmm. tell yourself that you are over and over. And just, you know, as, as you do that, you'll believe it. But I'll tell you just that simple act of not looking like somebody who you can bully really helped her. So I could just, I'm picturing those kids, like you said, that don't make eye contact, that all of a sudden feel empowered because they're going to be able to take that into, like you said, the classroom, into their life. And it makes a world of difference because if you don't look like a target, chances are you're not going to get bullied. And I'm not, I'm not saying anything against people that are introverts. I mean, there's lots of introverts. Yeah, but I mean, you're you're right. If you look like a target, you're going to become one. I mean, that's not even just for kids. That's for a girl walking, a woman walking home or something like that. And that sucks that you have to say it. But I mean, it's true. And you have to take that into consideration and look like you have somewhere to be. Or, you know, there's a lot of different strategies. But yeah. 
Yeah, I I try really hard because, you know, to teach kids that are getting bullied. Um, the hard hardest part, though, quite honestly, is for them to actually step up and say, yes, yeah, somebody's bullying me. But like I said, that's a that's a whole different different subject. So when did you start boxing? I started boxing. I got into martial arts when I was like 14, 15, a little bit. Stopped doing it because I couldn't drive, couldn't really drive at that point, obviously. So I didn't, and the gyms were all kind of far away. And then I got really into it when I was 18, 19, and then haven't really stopped since boxing and then MMA. Um, started working at the boxing gym probably two years into, into learning a little bit of boxing. Um, and then transitions to teaching kids after, you know, a year, year and a half of teaching adults. Um, and now I work here. I don't work with kids anymore, but I mean, like, a few Fridays ago, I stopped in the gym. Yeah, just stopped in to see them because I, I met, I honestly missed them. I miss seeing the kids. I saw all the kids that I knew before, um, and you know they're super happy to see you. They run up and give you a hug, and they they were having like a a boxing night. I missed all the fights, missed all the boxing fights, but got to see the kids. So that was really cool. Um, and normally I wouldn't do that, but I just had an urge to go see them. You know. What gear do they? I mean, do they wear headgear? I'm just picked. I'm, I'm yeah. They, trying they to were they wear headgear, and it's. I guess it's a little controversial of a topic, you know, having kids hit each other in the head when they're, when they're young, um, probably isn't the best thing. We try to have them go really, really light. Um, so that's, that's a factor. We take all the safety precautions, have them wear headgear, you know, big puffy gloves. So they're not hitting each other with small, hard, you know, tiny gloves. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's always somebody in there to step in if somebody's, taking too many hits or gets hit too hard or whatever. Most of the time they just move around and they'll throw and, and weave around. So, you know, if they're, if they're doing what we taught them the correct way, they won't take too many, too many punches. And they, and, and they'll enjoy it more than actually getting hurt. Yeah. 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 I've never seen a child get like hurt, physically hurt or hurt like that. Um, you know, there have been times where they get overwhelmed and then they start crying. That's happened before. But sure. I mean, we've seen, you know, I've seen the kid that's bullying kids get in there with a little bit bigger of a kid, get pushed around a little bit and then cry himself in front of everybody. So that kind of evens everybody out. And it's, you know, is <laughs> your face right now. It's it's it's, it's good learned. to see. Yeah. I mean, it's great to see because, you know, he's bullying the kids. You can't stop him from, you know, just you, you can sit him down and have talks, but he's still going to do it. And then once that happens, they kind of, you know, they kind of are on everybody else's level. So it's that that's definitely cool to see. So it's just a form of competition where you can talk and do all the talk. But once you're in there, you know, it's not like it's baseball. It's not like it's you know, it's a one-on-one sport. So you show up or you, you know, if you're a kid in a lot of cases cry. So, so I'm, what I'm hearing you say is there, there's some lessons of humility. A hundred percent. Yeah. In this hundred percent, which is not, and resiliency resilience. Yeah. You know, which is not a bad lesson to learn in a safe environment where kids are supervised, which is way better than, you know, learning out, you know, in the playground. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, they need to learn that too. I shouldn't use the playground out on the street. I don't know. I don't know I what mean, we're yeah, just Some saying. of these kids are, you know, they don't come from great, great homes. They, a lot of the time it's keeping them out of trouble, especially the, especially the older ones, like, you know, they're 13 and up. 
They could be getting into trouble. They could be doing things, but a lot of them start boxing and get into that or other sports. Other sports are great avenues too. This is just what I'm involved with. But. Sure, sure. And and the I think the point of the matter is that they feel there's a sense of connection, purpose, belonging, you know, because it's something that they do. And um, those are all great lessons for kids to learn from a toddler all the way up. You mentioned martial arts. So, Mike, I'm sitting here with these like questions in the back of my head as we're talking. And um, what, if you know, is the difference between martial arts and boxing? I mean, I know there's the obvious, you know, you're working with boxing gloves and, and so on. But when it really comes down to it, like the mentality or the, you know, how you teach it, because they're both in, in a sense self-defense, both mm-hmm. physical, both, you know, one-on-one. So why would someone consider boxing over martial arts or vice versa? Well, boxing to me is a martial art. I think technically it is. Um, okay. Don't quote me on that. But I think even wrestling could be considered a, mar- a martial art. Um, maybe it's not. Maybe it's a sport technically. But to me, boxing is a martial arts. When I say martial arts, I mean boxing or kickboxing. That's kind of what I'm trained in, jiu-jitsu. Um, things like that. Jiu-jitsu is another great thing to get your kids involved in. That's like wrestling, but with submissions. So, or, or just wrestling, you know, yeah. just all schools have that. So you could get them involved in that boxing, wrestling. Um, yeah, most martial arts, there, there are other martial arts out there, Taekwondo and things like that. But I think boxing is more realistic and a little bit more raw and you can apply it more in a self-defense setting than a lot of other martial arts. I mean, jujitsu is probably the best one you could learn out of all of them, including boxing. I would say boxing and jujitsu or, or boxing and wrestling would be the two that I would pick out of Taekwondo or all the other karate or all the other ones, um, just because of how it is. So what's jujitsu? Can you explain that? Jujitsu is like, it's wrestling, but you are staying on the ground grappling. So it's looking for chokes, looking for arm submissions, you know, and arm bars where you crank on somebody's arm till it breaks in half. (laughs) So don't do that. So (laughs) so kids aren't doing that. You know, when kids train, nobody's actually breaking their, I mean, it happens in rare cases with, with adults, but they're not really doing that. You tap out, you know, you tap on them and then they'll release the submission. But that's another great thing to teach kids. Um, Cause a lot of the time, if they're getting into a fight, you know, even if you're a woman, I think women should learn that too. I think everybody should learn it because a lot of the time fights do end up on the ground. Okay. You end up getting wrestled, you end up on the ground and that's where that's going to come into play, either jujitsu or wrestling. Cause you're going to be able to get back up or you're going to be able to put somebody to sleep by choking them out. So, um, that's another great one. We didn't teach that cause we, I was at a you boxing gym and I'm not an expert in jujitsu. You know, I'm certainly not a pro box or anything like that, but I'm much better at boxing than I am at jujitsu. Um, and you're yeah. not teaching kids to like choke someone. <laughs> no, but I mean, in in kids jujitsu, they they're learning that they're learning really? how to grab somebody up, get get their back, and choke them out. You know, and that's a great thing because that can be used in a in a real world situation. And I'm sure there's kids that have taken that and bullied other kids with it. But I think that's that's a lot of the time a, a much rarer case. I think most of the time it benefits them. And they learn that they shouldn't use that in most situations unless right. they're forced to do it. Um, so they're basically, again, looking back, we talked about humility. We talked about resiliency. But now what you're explaining to me is a lesson in control. A hundred percent. 
not control, like I'm controlling you, but controlling yourself, knowing you've got those skills, but learning how to control. We shared a little bit of a story I'd mentioned to you about a teenage boy and the parents are really concerned because he's starting to show in early adolescence, like some anger mm-hmm. doesn't really know how to mm-hmm. deal with his emotions. Um, got suspended because of, you know, a fight he got into at school, which, you know, they don't tolerate. So it's also in my mind, sounds like there's great benefit in learning how to control. Yeah. A hundred percent. The control is the thing that I think, mo- I think most schools teach that to kids because that's the most important part. Cause if you're not teaching that, then they are going to go out and they're going to choke their friend to sleep, you know, or they're going to do something stupid. Um, or they're just going to end if it's boxing, they might end up really, really hurting a kid, you know? So the Let's control, not. huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but most of the time the control is the main thing that you teach with everything else. You know, that's like the first thing that you teach. Um, and most kids pick up on that and understand that and are there to get better. Um, and they really change. Like when kids get into sports like that or martial arts, they really, they really become more mature in a lot of cases and understand it for at first they might want to beat somebody, but after they start getting to know the other kids and working with them and training with them, that become every, everybody wants to get better together. And they, I think they become a lot more mature. It's, it's really cool to see. Yeah, so there's some teamwork involved. Mm-hmm. A lot of teamwork. Even though it's a one-on-one sport, there's still you train together, you you know do everything together when you're in a group. So they they go there, and it's like a second. A lot of the kids, it's like a second home. You know, they go and see all their friends. They box with them. Um, they train together. So, and then some of them become friends at the gym, and then hang out in per you know in person too. So that's cool. That's another cool benefit of it. And some of them, like yourself grow up and start teaching. Right, right. And I didn't even like learn. I didn't even learn when I was super, super young. I wasn't even learning when I was eight or nine. So I think a lot of these parents, it's good that they have their kid in this because if they, if they weren't, what would they be doing? They're going to go home and play video games anyway. They're going to be right on the iPad after boxing. They're going to box. They're going to go home and eat and get on the iPad. So, I mean, you know, and when I was a kid, we, you know, I had a Game Boy so I would abuse oh, you're that. You're aging yourself right now. Yeah, I know. I know. I had a Game Boy. You know, I had TV. I had, uh, but there was no Netflix. There was no iPads. But I mean, in, in a way, it was just as bad. A Game Boy back then was basically an iPad now. So yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Well, thank you so much mm-hmm. for joining me. This has been fun. I know I yeah, learned this a was lot. Fun. I I will say that it's it's great to really talk about it. I mean, there's some, you know, I'm, I'm listening to you say some things and I'm thinking to myself as a parent, like, oh, do I really want my kid to get into that? But more, yeah. I think what we've discussed is there is a lot of benefit to it. And don't be afraid because a lot of times, yeah, as parents, we're, we get, we worry about, you know, do I want to get my child into something that's that physical, but you're teaching so much more than that. And that's when you said like the mentality was one of the things like you mentioned and I mentioned. So it's just another avenue for kids to get active and learn quite a bit. Um, even just that kid who maybe wasn't paying attention, learned to pay attention. And, and so, so much benefit out of it. 
A hundred percent. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, this thank you. It was fun. So thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow me uh, wherever you listen to your shows like Apple Podcast and Spotify. And uh, let's grow up together. <laughs>